Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Hi, Courageitarians. Welcome back. We hope that you had a great holiday. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Carol SNN, who wrote, Excellent information to be shared with others. Thanks. So thank you so much for leaving us a positive uh, review, Carol SNN. That really helps us keep going. Yes, thank you so much, Carol. We love when we hear from our listeners. So today I think we're going to talk about uh, muscle skeletal conditions part six, the neck and upper back. Yeah, we're wrapping it up here with the musculoskeletal system. I'm pretty excited. So, of course, we start with our Google barometer on this one. So the key words that came up with yoga for neck was yoga for neck pain, neck strain, neck and upper back, neck alignment, and neck pain and headache. So, and I do think that those are probably the most common. Yeah, I I hear a lot of that. Um, as uh, complaints of suffering over the last 11 years with my clients. Definitely. Well, and the neck is the place where I um, started my yoga journey, neck and shoulders. And where, um, as I'm sure we'll get to later, uh, where I had the most of my trouble through school, um, you know, we, we, practiced with the public and the clinic, but we also did a lot of practice amongst ourselves. And obviously that was where it was nice that we all got to bring our uh, ailments, if you will, to the table, whatever they were. And mine was always uh, neck, jaw, and shoulders. And as I'm sure when we talk a little bit, when you get to your points later about uh, the spiritual and emotional elements related to this. Uh, it's funny how much of that tension went away when school was done for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like miracle cure. <laughs> well, now you have me curious because um, you said that that's what brought you to start your yoga journey. Was there a particular incident that happened to create this, this tension for you? No, it wasn't tied to a particular incident, but in my 20s, um, you know, I I had some irritation in my neck and my shoulders. And I remember going to my first, um, it was just a very simple, basic, community-based enrichment class at the high school after hours. And we got into a thread the needle and I was just like, oh. Oh, this is what yoga is all about. This is where, you know, because it helped my shoulders and it helped kind of free up my neck a little bit. And then from there. But, um, you know, like many people, that's where I hold my tension is in my neck and my shoulders, the weight of the world, right? I'm sure we'll, right, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that phrase, <laughs> the phrase will come up again later. 
Um, so it wasn't any incident. I mean, uh, maybe I could slap a label on it that I was just, um, starting the adulting process out on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that there were plenty of reasons to feel that way, but I just remember that that was part of, part of how that all worked out for me. So let's get right to it with a little bit of the anatomy because we're going to talk about, um, with the neck today, the main components are, of course, the uh, skeletal system. So we have the cervical spine, and the neck consists of the seven cervical vertebrae. But additionally, there are eight cervical nerves um, within that group, and then lots of uh, muscles that work within there as well. So we're going to kind of break that down a little bit today. Your notes and mine are a little bit different, but I want to kind of go back and forth if that works for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, The cervical spine receives the posture of the spinal segments below. So lumbar informs thoracic, thoracic informs cervical. And the neck contains important nerves and arterial structures through it as well. So for example, there's seven, as you mentioned, seven cervical vertebrae. Uh, and eight cervical nerves that run through there. And the vertebra are the smallest out of all of the spine. And since the cervical vertebrae are the smallest, it leaves it uh, vulnerable to injury because there's so much uh, mobility for it. And, you know, we're kind of in a forward head uh, society right now for because of all of our electronics and kind of where our daily activities of living have moved towards. And so I think it's important, too, to think about the fact that For every inch that the head is held forward out of alignment adds an additional 10 pounds to its weight, which compresses those juicy discs even more between the vertebra. Right. Yeah, I think when we get into how yoga can help towards the end, that is a big one because we do spend a lot of time forward at the computer, forward at the, um, you know, over the phone, forward driving you know, for even, even things that we do at the desk, at the sink, doing dishes. I'm right now nursing the baby. That's a whole, uh, a whole nother ball of wax as far as keeping my back aligned properly. So that is something that we deal with quite a bit when you said, you know, in our society right now, it's like, yeah, we, we do a lot of forward stuff. That's really important to open it all back up. Yeah. And I mean, even me, I don't have a baby right now, but you know, I'm bent over clients all day long. Sure. Sure. And a lot of people, their profession, I mean, think about, um, hairdressers and dentists and, you know, Mm -hmm. people that are kind of just bent over and forward a lot. So uh, talking a little bit about the cervical spine, so C1 through C7, but C1 and C2 are right up at the base of the spine, um, the atlas and the axis, and that forms the joint there at the occipital bone. Um, And so then it's the... um, it's this area that allows us the yes and no function to turn our head, to, to rock the head forward and back and to turn our head side to side. And I just want to say here that uh, unlike 
our shoulders and our hips. The, the head's not on a ball and socket joint. So <laughs> it's important that we know we can tip uh, forward and back and we can rotate from side to side, but it doesn't swivel. <laughs> and we don't, when people uh, kind of roll their neck, and if that works for you, that's fine. It gives me the like nails on a chalkboard feeling <laughs> when I see people like circling their neck like it's a ball and socket joint. So, um, what was the other thing that I was going to say? Oh, so, so slouch and forward bend, uh, driving the desk, those kind of things, um, impact like. Kim said, those juicy vertebral discs. In addition, there's a lot of muscle going on, a lot of connections in the muscle in the neck. So for me, the things that I made note of in particular is the SCM, which I can never say it right because I always want to trip it up in my mind, but the uh, sternal clito mastoid and then the levator scapulae the scalene muscles and the trapezius muscles particularly the upper traps which i think as we get to talking more about neck pain a lot of it is there and these muscles play an important role not just in the elevation of the arm and keeping the neck straight and moving the jaw but one of the most common um things that particularly like the scalene muscles, this is, has to do with your, and your, your um, SCM is your breath and how important those muscles play in helping you breathe. So I'm sure we'll get back to that in just a moment. I want to let you take it as far as um, more about neck pain. Well, a neck pain is a common grievance. Um, Aside from like local pain, it can be responsible for nausea, migraines, and headaches. But most neck pain can be alleviated with the help of learning to improve your posture and improved flexibility by becoming more well of relevant um, psychological factors as well, such as fear, um, mental inflexibility, stubbornness, anger, um, and discontent. Uh, those all reside in the neck. And I kind of think of like those, those first ribs as the base of a cake stand, you know, how those cake stands are on pedestals. And I think right. of the cervical spine that comes up through like the, you know, the pillar of the cake pedestal. And then the head kind of sits on that, that atlas, those first uh, vertebrae. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm always asking myself, like, is my cake sliding off in one direction or is it, you know, in the center? But the biomedical aspects of this um, the area is really important because whoever holds their 11-pound head too far forward has kind of condemned those neck muscles that you were mentioning to like a labor camp. Uh, they're not meant to hold, you know, a 60-pound head for, for days on end. Right. So as long as those neck muscles are tense, uh, the weight of the head cannot be appropriately transferred um, to have the, the weight, you know, come down through the spine. And then the neck muscles become, uh, when they're relaxed, you get this spontaneous feeling of uh, uprightness that arises out of the thoracic spine because it's, it's helping you. Right. So maybe if we take, because you're listening to the podcast, you know, just take a moment and take a deep breath 
and see how is the neck feeling right now. Perhaps you're plagued by neck pains that you could alleviate or that you'd like to discover, you know, the root cause to. So the neck really kind of starts in the back. Um, Problems have their origin in the upper cervical spine because of the lordosis or forward curve of the neck. And that depends on the situation in the thoracic spine below um, because many muscles extend from the upper back um, to the neck. So when you look at the base of the skull um, from below, if you're um, looking at it, you know, from underneath there, you can see four large joint surfaces. And on the edge of the hole in the skull, you, you can find two condyles of the skull base, which sit exactly into the hollows of the top vertebra or the atlas. And they are, make that nodding movement possible, the yes, mm-hmm. no, right? And then if you think of the condyles of the base of the skull, kind of like your sitting tuberosities of your head, right? You can think about that. And then the, the two other joints are the um, man- mandibular joint sockets that are um, hollows, which the condyles of the jaw fit into. So then these four joints are crucial to the head posture and the state of your neck. Yes. <laughs> so then um, all of that ties in. Additionally, you have, so as we start to discuss muscles that also attach and uh, the origins and attachments in the neck and around the neck, um, particularly like the, the scalene muscles that originate together on the transverse process of the vertebrae, um, then these come down to the um, insert like right around the first rib and the clavicles. So the scalene muscles are when you as secondary respiration muscles. So when you're breathing. So if you're a shallow breather and you really breathe upper chest, then these muscles are kind of working overtime to help um, with your respiration. And so it's one of those situations where the deep breathing that we do in yoga practice, the pulling and using all three parts of breath, um, oftentimes that upper chest breathing is associated with anxiety and stress, um, which we'll get to later because all neck pain, I think, kind of originates from stress. (laughs) (laughs) um so it's it's this muscle group like deep inside um and then as you move outward then there's there's more to go so as i said there's the the scm muscles and the traps the upper traps and i didn't see did you have notes on that or did you would you like me to discuss sure take the muscles away Excellent. So the trapezius muscles, which the traps that comes from four sides because they origin at the base of the occiput, right at the spinous process of vertebrae C1 and C7, and then also at the processes of C7 to T3, which is the middle traps, and then the lower traps at T4 and T12. Um, and they spread out, so trapezius means four-sided, they spread out the upper traps to the lateral clavicles. Again, um, talking about a little bit 
into our breathing, but also the acromion process at the top of the shoulders, mid traps and lower traps at the spine of the scapula. So it's this big kind of um, diamond shape from the back of the neck to the points of the shoulders to the middle of the back, just below the rib cage. So if you think about this big web of muscles, that's taking on a lot for your neck and your shoulders and the thoracic spine. And when you're driving the desk, when you're looking at the phone, when you're on the computer typing, then those muscles are kind of pulled forward as your shoulders round and your head is forward, like Kim said, holding all of that extra weight. So the traps tend to commonly um, be big contributors to neck and back pain. So um, because they're a whole lot going on there, elevation, retraction, and depression all at once, headaches, stiff neck, and the number one reason for this is stress. (laughs) So take it away, Kim, with the emotional component of how this you mean All there's emotions together. in the neck? <laughs> so weird. Why would there be? Uh, you know, and either, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say we we've come across this so many times, and it never ceases to amaze me that all the little old adages of you know, for example, something is a pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, all these these little colloquialisms that you hear all the time. And we use them in yoga and it's like, oh, because there is a real reason behind it. Like there's real phenomenon behind it. And it's always, it always cracks me up that there's, um, every time you turn a corner in yoga, you come across one of these little colloquialisms and then the scientific evidence to back it up. (laughs) That's like, oh, when you've had a hard day, go home and put your feet up. Well, why do you elevate your feet? Oh, because it slows down your heart rate and it helps you to relax. Oh, who would have known? You know, that's neither here nor there with this topic, but it's just one of those examples. So tell me about something being a pain in the neck, Kim. Well, (laughs) you know, even if you look at it from the chakra system, you know, the neck is kind of the smallest place, right? And so things can get bottled up in the neck. Mm. And so I think it's important to think of the neck as a two-way communicator, both physically and emotionally. So for example, it's life-sustaining food, water, and air are taken in and swallowed as is input from other people out in the world. And at the same time, emotions, feelings, and thoughts are expressed outwardly through the voice and the lips. So in this way, the neck forms a bridge between our thoughts and feelings, between the mind and heart, as well as between the mind and physical body. So it's a natural place for the mind and body to become isolated or split from each other. Like just thinking about getting emotional, like you get choked up, that's mm-hmm. in the neck, or yeah. you might well up like with emotion. Oh, I love this. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you see people, you know, their heads just dropped and, you know, the whole body's coming forward and you know that they're going through something difficult and that that drooping of the head implies a sense of hopelessness or giving up um, attitude and this inability to face uh, what lies ahead and then sometimes you see people who are very stiff right they're almost you know board like and that stiffness indicates resistance or um, usually um, they're not necessarily open to other ways of thinking 
it's as if they're uh, wearing blinders and just can't turn their head to see um, from side to side. I like that analogy a lot. Um, additionally, I think too, with the stiffness and the the wearing blinders and that that kind of idea, it also like if the, the idea that if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. And so you you think about the little old lady who's like ninety nine and driving, and her shoulders are up around her ears, and she can barely see around the steering wheel, and she can't turn her neck to see either way. And and part of that probably comes from you know age and and not using it. But when you when you think about it that other way, if you keep yourself open to experiences, open to to what's going on around you and kind of looking around, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Then you don't have those those blinders on. So you're not just face forward. And then you don't get that atrophy that keeps you there. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that because while I was home for the holiday, my dad is turning 79 this year. And um, we were talking about the ability to, um, that you have to use your muscles and, um, I noticed on this trip that uh, twice when he was backing out of a parking space, he wasn't necessarily looking in his mirrors or twisting to turn around. Um, And he verbally said the second time, well, I don't hear any honking, so I must be okay. (laughs) And I thought, oh "Oh." dear, (laughs) (laughs) maybe we are losing that ability of the function of the neck or forgetting to to use it. Because oftentimes we don't realize that we've lost our range of motion. So you know, we just can't do it one day. Until it's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, hmm. <laughs> oh my, that's very interesting. Oh, well, back to like weight of the world, back yeah. to feeling like you're carrying things on your shoulders. Um, I said my shoulder pain miraculously disappeared when we finished up with school. I think a good part of that was the the lack of stress from school and that situation, but also returning to a practice and a lifestyle that included sleep in a in a healthy way. <laughs> <laughs> not not traveling on airplanes or extended driving again, where you're forward and your shoulders are forward and your neck is forward. So ways in which yoga can help. So obviously yoga can help to both stretch and strengthen the muscles that we discussed, the muscle groups that we've discussed. Additionally, learning how to breathe properly can help alleviate some of that extra tension on those muscles. Um, Posture. Like you said, Kim, just becoming aware. I think a lot of people, my, myself included, you know, we did postural assessments on each other and mm-hmm. finding out that you have a bit of a forward head, you want to be like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a nice thing to catch and see and correct as soon as you can so that it doesn't affect you, so that you don't start to get that kyphosis in the upper back, so that you can draw the shoulder blades down and back. Additionally, um, when there's a lot of stress and tension in the traps in particular, the upper traps, um, one of the things that both uh, 
my chiropractor and Mary Richards suggested is to use the traps for their intended purpose. So doing things, arms up overhead, hanging from a bar, um, you know, allowing those traps to do their job as opposed to letting them get all tight and twisted and with stress and rounding my shoulders forward was really helpful. And I think yoga in that way can help as well. And then, like we said, uh, yoga also can help you to discern what you should be doing, uh, practicing and maybe getting better sleep because of your practice. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, as you were saying that, you know, I, I feel like we don't have enough overhead movement or pulling movement with our arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, since I teach Pilates too on the Cadillac, uh, which is a Pilates apparatus, oftentimes I have clients hang from it um, and do little shoulder shrugs to release that. And it's, it's amazing how, re- how much more relaxed the shoulder girdle will be for them. Sure. And doing some simple, simple pulling and, um, and hanging motions. Right. But you think, I mean, you think about it, we're not, um, you know, we're no longer putting clothes on the line. Uh, most people aren't stretching for things out of the cupboards anymore. They're either built to the height of the person or there's a stool to stand on. And so we're just not doing very much of it. Right. Right. And additionally, stress reduction in general, meditation and mindfulness and reducing stress in our lives is going to reduce some of that tension uh, as, as the magic of yoga does that. Additionally, other body work, like you said, Pilates, um, massage, I think is great for that. Mm-hmm. The amina balls uh, for the face and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, relaxing and, and just uh, being mindful of your movement. So I think we've given a general overview of the neck and some of the contributors to the neck. We're going to have some references on the website. And there was a website that I found particularly helpful. And I I apologize to our listeners. I don't have my notes in front of me right now because I had to move because of the baby. But those uh, references will be on our website. And I'll see if I can leave them where, when you look up the, what are we doing? Again, a podcast. How many times do I have to do that? Um, When you look up our our podcast description, I might be able to put a link there as well to some of our reference material for today. Because I do think that neck and shoulder issues are really, really common. Um, conditions that that people have look to yoga yoga therapy and other body work for so we really appreciate you tuning in we hope that you will rate us on all of our fun platforms if you have any questions or concerns hit us up at the info at where the lotus grows or come and find us on our website thank you for listening to where the lotus grows Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, where the lotus grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, where the lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. 
Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.